Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Tana Talk Soccer podcast. Uh, this week I'm going to be talking about Barcelona and in my lifetime or since I started actively watching football, I have never experienced Barcelona in the Europa League. Yeah, I'm young. Yeah, so, but well, this is a fresh for me, and I think a lot of Barcelona fans, despite the fact that, like, the downfall has been coming over the years, like, they've seen it, like, even before Messi left, like, in the past few seasons, it hasn't been particularly impressive. I don't think any of them really emphasize that they will be playing in the Europa League. Uh, Ian, welcome. Uh, just chat to me for a bit, honestly. Do you think, or did you ever think Barcelona will play in the Europa League? Um, hey, Tana, thank you for having me on, and, um, I think the honest answer is it's not a massive surprise. I think they're not in the, the they're not in the top sixteen teams in Europe. They didn't deserve to go through uh, as top two in the group this year. Um, they're not even in the top four teams in Spain right now. So, I mean, yeah, if you had told me that five years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. But now it's happened today. It doesn't seem like the biggest surprise, sadly. <laughs> I'm still shocked to be honest because you know how these things work. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, last season in the Serie A, Juventus. So uh, as at the last day of the season, the last game they were fifth, and they could possibly miss out on the Champions League. And then of course Napoli lost, and then Juventus snuck in. Like this, I don't know. This is how football has always worked. Like I know even when you're bad, like some clubs, you know, it just it, like it just works for them that okay, you're Juventus, you have to go to the Champions League. And I feel like for Barcelona. We were talking about the same thing here. I felt like Barcelona had to be there. But well, now it's the new reality. Uh, what do you think about Xavi? Where do you think he's taking you to? Because I feel so far he's managed a couple games and no one expected you to beat Bayern at the Alliance Arena. But the game against Benfica at home, that was a very costly mm. draw. Very costly draw. So, so far, so good. What do you think about Xavi and what he's done so far? I think the good thing about Xavi is he'll get time. Um... Xavi's going to get time, yeah. whereas other managers wouldn't have been getting the same time Xavi will get because of who he is. Um, 
but at the same time and he was also just good for like the morale yeah. <laughs> of the club and the yeah. fans because he's such a legend and um but he's not going to be a miracle you know he's not going to just magically turn this around is even though some of the stuff he's saying is quite bold um but i think it's exciting i think i think yeah i think it's exciting he did well in the middle east he's a legend um and he's going to get time and he knows the system and the club and i think that especially with their financials they need to rely on lamasia and he'll hopefully have the understanding and the tools to you know bring some some players through yeah and get the best out of them there's but, something yeah i mean it's but i think you've got to be realistic as well like yeah. he has not he's not proved himself like if he wasn't javi someone with that record would not be managing yeah. barcelona yeah. yeah it's a huge risk yeah um it's 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 complicated i feel i feel a couple of things you said that you talked about the club him knowing insides out and stuff like that knowing the way they play and stuff don't you think it's high time for Barcelona fans to move away from this? Because I feel like thinking in this way has kept them where they are to an extent. Like, I don't know how to put it. They, ex- they, they enjoy like their most successful spell playing a certain kind of football. You're pressing high. You're really keeping the ball. There's a lot of emphasis on technicality, how you receive the ball, how you pass the ball, quick one to stick attack and stuff. But I mean, like, I feel like they're still stuck there in the whole Cruyffist idea and if we're talking about football plainly, like just plainly, we're just talking about football as a fact. As a manager or as a club, your job is to try to get the best out of each and every player. Your job is to play in a way that is going to suit each and every player and maximize that. And I feel like if you're trying to play like a certain style, but you don't have Xavi in the end and you have Busquets who has been passed for like the past four years or three years, and your attackers are messy or you get what i'm saying then what is the point like don't you feel like i feel yeah. like the i club that are just like in denial trying to talk about the barcelona way but what is the barcelona way i mean a couple of managers came through believed in this way and played in this way and won but barcelona should be really open to the idea of i don't know employing a manager who has his own way has his own style and wins you understand because as you said if someone with yeah. chavi's record and experience he won't get the job. You know, there's no chance. I mean, no. <laughs> there are billion managers out there with Chavi's record and experience and stuff like that. They, are, they were nowhere near. But Chavi comes yeah. in because of the whole Cruyffist idea, you know. He's part of the system. He thinks football in this way. So what do you think about this? It's mm. a good question. And, um, I think it's a good question. I think ultimately, though, I think it is good to have a philosophy of as a club. I think football clubs are bigger than the players and they are bigger than the managers. And if they've got like the part of that success of like, you know, PK, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, Messi, they all came through and learned to play football like that. Yeah. And so now if they need to rebuild with like Pedri, Fatty um, and etc., I think, I, I don't know, I think, I know it's a bit romantic, but I think if you're going to, if they, you know, like Pet won playing, such nice football and I think to like just abandon the philosophy because like you're in crisis um, maybe it's successful but I think the club is, is built on that and again like maybe it's a bit too romantic and it's also flexible like Luis Enrique wasn't quite as, yeah, exactly. as, 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 as strict as others I think you can definitely there's space, there's space for it to kind of change depending on who you're playing and like you know you're not going to play the same if you're playing Levante at home or if you're away at Bayern but I think you still need to, and you know, I'm not, I don't have the answer, but I think you still need to hold on to your philosophy of how you play the game because otherwise 
you become a club that literally just whoever's in charge changes how you play and that's going to happen anyway but i think if it, if underneath that you have like an understanding of like this is the barcelona way of playing football um i think that is important to hold on to but uh, yeah i agree it can't be at the expense of playing europa league exactly <laughs> it's beautiful football like there's a balance I mean, I mean, I also feel like our conception of beautiful football is very subjective. I really loved watching Bonucci and Chiellini defend. Like, I actually really enjoyed the way they defended. They weren't like Juventus didn't really defend in a very tactical way where you don't really get too many shots against them. Like, for example, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. Like, they defend in a way as a team that you don't really have a sniff against them. You know, so it's just like the way they press high up and stuff. But Juventus was totally different. I mean, you come at them and you see their defenders flying in, last ditch tackles jumping in blocking yeah. like they're actually working for, and i really enjoyed like this was entertaining to me like i just love this so i feel like in terms of good football or whatever football is this i think it's really subjective but apart from that you have a good point as regards philosophy and like there's something the club should at least have and believe in and i think mm. for barcelona all i can say is attacking football you know attacking football and yeah. yes like of course barcelona fans won't want to sit in the stadium and watch their team sit put 10 men behind the ball and just like try to snuff our result of course that would that would be totally unacceptable uh i believe although i'm not totally against that honestly i feel i believe like whoever comes in and has a winning strategy if this is a winning strategy then a club like football club Barcelona deserves to have a manager who wins you know but the mm. point is i will i will give you that i feel like here yeah, to be a bit too drastic going from like what Barcelona has been to a very defensive minded manager like maybe maximiliano mm. allegri or somebody but I feel in terms of the way you attack and the emphasis on the technicality and te- I just feel like it's really holding Barcelona back for like for example Liverpool they don't really have technically gifted midfielders or I mean they have a few but like their most successful period they played with all three workaholics in midfield I mean the score goes for fun but yeah. so like the manager just used the high press just I mean the creativity was was reliant on the full backs and the front three and I mean you play your own way but I feel like the whole as I as I call it the whole Cruyffist idea of it like it mm. just has to be this you play in a certain way tiki taka oh like for example yeah. Xavi you hear the comments Xavi made a couple of years ago um, 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 about Real Madrid the Real Madrid side that won four Champions Leagues uh, mm. in five years and he talked about the way they play and talked about it not being right I mean this is part of the problems of Barcelona. <clears throat> I think yeah I agree with like what you're saying and I think it depends as a fan and as a player and as a club like I, I guess you need to win Barcelona need to win the treble every year or be fighting on for all three but like honestly um, and again maybe this is a bit romantic but like football is entertaining it's about how it makes you feel and like does like does that great Chelsea team that just win 1-0 and then you know get back to back Premier League that's not like no one wants to rewatch those games whereas like i would you know like i think what was what we've been so spoiled with about barcelona is like yeah they were winning but they were playing in a way that like now everyone wants to copy and it actually like they were doing stuff that was imp- it was amazing for me anyway like that's why i think what was so that's what was special about it and that's what i think is like good football is that like you know win lose or draw they're playing attackingly they're passing the ball they're holding the ball they're dominating the game but i think on top of that they were also just very very excellent and won consistently um but i think yeah i think that's a balance like i think in football generally like you know sometimes great players and great teams don't it's not all about trophies like gerard is a liverpool legend and he and he never won the premier league 
and like Bale, to say that, but cool. he's kind of Bale's not a legend in the same way, even though he's won everything. Yeah. So I think it's also about like sometimes football's not so like all about tro- like Danny Alves is the most decorated player, but he's not the best player. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you on that. I know sometimes it's also about how it makes you feel. But but you know, as I know that sounds a bit funny. Should, but should I like, tell you yeah. something? But something I know also is that results make football fans feel good. Yes, there's the entertainment factor. But yeah. if if you play good football, good football in quotes, that's like a person around yeah. playing exciting stuff, and yeah, you don't yeah. win matches, like maybe for example, if Barcelona matches end five four to the other team. I mean, yeah. let's 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 face facts. Everyone is entertained. Like you saw nine goals. Yeah, <laughs> neutrals like myself, I'll be so happy. But Snap fans as well, they'll be entertained, but they won't be happy. So at the end of the day, I feel like mm. like happiness also relies on uh, it's really reliant on on results as well. You know, yeah. I feel like for this group of players yeah. who played, like I feel Barcelona from like late thousands to like early mid twenty uh, tens, I just think it was the caliber of players they had. Like I mean, the, the style yeah. of play is very it's very nice, it's very attractive, but at the same time, you had some of the greatest footballers of all time in their positions playing yeah. for you at yeah. the same time. So so that's the thing. So you have to move away from that. Now, for example, yeah. I heard Thomas Müller's statement after he destroyed Barcelona. He said Barcelona are a technical team, but they don't have the intensity to play at the highest mm-hmm. level. And do you know, I, I felt like, I just I read it over and over again because like it just feels like a random analytical statement from a player. But it really sunk in that the Bayern players know that Barcelona can't go pound to pound with them. And that is extremely embarrassing. That it is mm. it is clear as day that Barcelona, like basically they know they will run Barcelona into the ground. So fine, you can have Frankie the Young, Busquets. These are actually really technical players, technical, but like they just don't have it. I mean, we talk about Xavi and uh, how technical he is. Xavi was also a workaholic. He was absolutely everywhere. Yeah. That Barcelona team pressed like hell. There was like I felt like they were so good on so many fronts, and I feel like the club is mm. failing to move on from this. If you can tell me Xavi is like mm. the greatest midfielder of all time, Iniesta, you can also call him the greatest of all time, arguably. Sergio Busquets, also in that conversation. So why do you expect the same results from lesser players? You know what I'm saying. Why do you? like? Yeah, you're, you're I see high- what you mean. So you're saying like, you're playing this amazing brand of football, but it worked because the team was just exceptional. You don't have, you've got a bang average team now. So they need to play a, a simpler game if we're going to get results. Not, not bank average, but you don't have players who are close to the technical. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like the Barcelona I, squad. I mean, the team, the team, I, I, bang average is a bit strong, but the team is, you know, who if you're going to build a team of the decade, who's going to start from like the 2021 team in terms of form right now? You know, like none of them. Yeah, of course. You wouldn't pick like 2021 Busquets. You wouldn't pick any of them, and. Um, you know, like one of the conversations I was having last night with a friend is like, who would, you know, like West Ham would probably beat Barcelona. And if you told That's me that five chance. years ago, it's like crazy. So like the team really isn't that good, unfortunately. Uh, as hard, I know that's hard. And like individually, some of the players are very talented, like like Dijon, I think, and, and Fatty and Pedri and Busquets and Pique, but the squad isn't deep like the top squads in Europe anymore um, and not even close but you know what you know what I think I think that also the problem really lies with management like as a Liverpool fan it's very yeah. easy for me to use Liverpool as an example like when Jurgen Klopp came in and what he did with the players he had and the way the club kept on yeah. improving like it was clear and as like of course you have to get like for example right mm. now Barcelona is not a destination for any 
top player. I don't think Erling Haaland will want to like look at Barcelona. I'm like, what's he going to do there? You get what I'm saying? So like, you have to keep performing to keep attracting top players. So Klopp came in, he got to the Europa League final, his first season got to the League Cup final, lost both by the way. But you could see a clear plan. Yeah. And if you look at that team then, if you look at that team then, there were likes of Jordan, eBay, a lot of players who right now, once they left Liverpool, they don't have careers. I mean, they are nowhere to be found. They were sold, but they were nowhere to be found. You understand? And he brought in better players. The next thing, he brought in the likes of Sadio Mane, Joe Matip, like a level higher, you know? These guys coming in mm. from mid-table teams. You know, they came in, they came to Liverpool, they're playing at a world-class level. Mm. So if we look at it pound for pound, I feel it's just management because as a Liverpool fan, I know where a lot of these players were. For example, look at Mohamed Salah now. He's going to go down as one of the greatest Premier League footballers of all time when he came in. Like I feel most of the reactions. Personally, I, I liked it. I like the signing, but most of the reactions... I think 70% negative, 30% positive. Oh, this guy's a Chelsea flop. He's been here, blah, 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 blah. He, was, he wasn't anyone anybody rated. But I mean, that's the thing. So what I'm saying is you can have someone like a Mo Salah in, in Barcelona and you be making this yeah. comment. I mean, one of my ex-players, one of my favorite players, Philip Coutinho, I know what he did and I know how good he was. At the point where Barcelona mm-hmm. bought Coutinho from Liverpool, like Coutinho was on a crazy level. In my opinion, I was saying he was the best player in the Premier League, in my opinion. I know, of course, the likes of Eden Hazard. And also, Coutinho was playing at a level where he just did what he wanted to do, you know? You know when a player gets to that level where it just seems mm-hmm. like if he, wants yeah. to, if he wants to bend it in from 35 yards, he's just going to be like, to hell with this, I'm going to do it. Like, he was just that good. And Barcelona got him and I felt like he was still like mid-early 20s. And it was, it was a lot of money, but I really liked the move for him, honestly. And he went to Barcelona and it was just all about like no place for him. You know, I watched the player and he's a shadow of himself. Like I'm not seeing Coutinho. Like if he was trying what he used to do and he wasn't working out. But it's just like I'm watching a totally different player. You understand? And it's happened with a lot of other players. Whereas right now, the squad seems kind of average. But if you look back at when these players came in, I look at Frankie de Jong, where he was playing at Ajax. And also when he played, he's he's had good spells at Barcelona as well. Like this guy was dominating all midfield you couldn't come near Frank De Jong you couldn't get close to him was an absolute maestro like all these other players as well you know and look at Memphis Depay mm. for example he, he, he had a very fantastic year at Leon for club and country as well Holland mm. he comes to Barcelona he starts well and now he's underperforming so he's I think that. it's it's a chronic case of like just rinse and repeat rinse and repeat you know what I'm saying yeah rinse and yeah. repeat players come in and, and so what is the problem I feel like as I said before it's still that same like dependence on like like just this still this same style of thinking. Yeah. They should just get a coach who I feel yeah. like a proven coach. Like you get Kike Setien to coach Barcelona, cool. Like I feel like it's the whole Pep Guardiola syndrome. Honestly, you get someone who like understands. Yeah. Like, but Pep Guardiola's don't come in. Like I mean, look at Ole at Manchester United and stuff like that. More often than not, these things fail. You only see Guardiola and mm-hmm. then Zidane that it worked. But I mean, does Guardiola and Zidane like? They are very top football minds. Simeone, these guys as well, but not too many of them work out. So I feel like Barcelona should actually go and start getting world-class coaches. Manchester City mm-hmm. won't appoint Xavi. You know what I'm saying? When Gadjila goes, they're, yeah. going, they're going to get arguably the best manager in the world and pay him about, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 million per annum. Come and take over. And they're going to win. They're going to keep winning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think you're I think there's like uh, a few things I was going to touch on. I think there definitely is like a hangover from when Barcelona were the best in the world, yeah. and that's why I love Jordi Alba, Busquets, PK, you know, for a long time, Xavi, Nesta, Messi. Like I'm not, you know, it was kind of like holding on to that that great era, and I think that kind of related to that, and like. This is the other huge problem with the club is is the contracts like PK and Busquets and Jordi Alba like they're still getting contracts as if they're they're as good as they were in 2012. Yeah. 
I think, um, and also people like Coutinho, Dembele and Griezmann were kind of getting money as if the success was going to continue. So it's like it, that kind of cycle works if you continue to succeed. Yeah. Like you can carry on paying more people and then you win and then you pay more people and you win. But as soon as like you're paying more people and you're losing and then you're getting less, you know, like getting knocked out in the Champions League and not going to the last yeah, whatever yeah. costs you 20 million uh, euros. Yeah. It's like that. Um, and I think in their budget, that was just like worst case scenario. We'll get out of the group. Yeah. And like then it becomes... <laughs> And then you get less sponsorship money, and then you get worse, attract worse players, and it's like a negative cycle. So, yeah, it is a cycle. And I think, um, I think one I would say the biggest problem, like the reason that it's a, such a mess, is because I think the money, I think the money, like I think the football and on the pitch is is obviously a it's huge not. part of the puzzle. But like you're paying a hundred million for Griezmann, Dembele, Coutinho, who are all were you know at top a level but that's still overpriced that's yeah. still overpriced yeah. and you know getting and they were pe- getting paid too much you know the percentage of um, revenue going on the squad was like 60-70% which is mad um, and I think then you know a bit of bad luck underperforming just not being good enough in the Champions League for t- two seasons in a row yeah um, and, and the squad just getting older it's kind of now now in this like just a very bad situation where there's like you can't afford to resign, you can't afford to hold on to the best player like Messi, and I, I don't know, I don't know. I guess that that was a bit of a like scattergun, yeah. What I just said, but I think like the finite, you know, part of the football decision is because they, they've been holding on to PK and Busquets, they've been holding on to these older players when you know maybe. Uh, and the money has kind of been in that direction as well. And maybe that was not the best thing. Maybe it was, but maybe... Last year... Um, maybe not. Last year, I said Barcelona should have let Messi go. I said it. Because yeah. because I, well, my points were simple. Like, of course, I don't need to talk about Messi. I'm going to use, like, I don't know, forever to talk about him. So that's irrelevant. But yeah. the point is, whoever it is, it has an end. I mean, look at Madrid mm. catching on Cristiano Ronaldo. They sold... How old was he? He was 34. So this is a player they bought for uh, yeah. 80 million in 2009. And then he plays for you for nine years. I don't need to talk about that. Scoring more goals than Gil. Like, of course, I don't need to talk about, about your great player. He became like your greatest player yeah. ever. And then you still sold him for 100 million at 34. In my opinion, that's about the best piece of yeah. business ever. Like if Cristiano yeah. if Ronaldo walked off of Real Madrid free, like if he retired there, like he finishes there, it is still like about the best piece. So you, you bought a player 80 million, was the best player in the world at the time. And he came in and delivered to the level that he did. Like a fantastic business, you know what I'm saying? But you still got yeah. 100 million on top of that. Like that's mad. You understand? And of course, a lot of people were like, um, like they were coming at Florentino Perez and stuff like that like okay why do you still Cristiano like and it showed Real Madrid struggled for goals as I mean they, they, they suck like from the Lopetegui came in and it changed and changed and changed like you get what I'm saying then Zidane finally came back like so you get so they struggled there was a period where I think for like 4-5 games they couldn't score a goal and like after like 3-5 months in the season they had like their worst goal return since before Cristiano so of course it was it was clear as they that a goal scorer of, of enormous proportions had left the club. Statistically, mm. it was showing. But the cl- look at the club today. I mean, Real Madrid are not fa- particularly yeah. fantastic. I feel like Real Madrid are not amongst the best teams in the world in terms of 
Bayern, Manchester City, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're a bit below that, but they can compete with these yeah. teams. And as far as the La Liga is concerned, Real Madrid are by far the best team in the La Liga. Of course, the standards yeah. of the La Liga have dropped, that's why. But as it stands, they are by far the best team. They won it last It's quite season. interesting, actually, because uh, I hadn't thought about that, but like, there are quite some similarities. Like, they've also got Bale and Hazard. It's like, you know, yeah. massive wage bills yeah. that aren't doing anything. But there's, they're still the top of the league, and you know they, they've already pretty much won the league. Yeah, sixteen points before Christmas. Sixteen points yeah. ahead of Barcelona at this point. How? How? Like that's that's mental. Yeah, that's mental. Sixteen. It's points. crazy. I think it is crazy because I, I would have said that last, year. like going into the beginning of the season, I thought Atletico and Madrid were going to be the best in the league. I thought they were going to win the league. I thought uh, Madrid and Barcelona were just too off the pace, and. You know, but Madrid are making a new stadium. Like, Madrid's finances are also not good, but, like, it just shows, I just think, how bad Barcelona's are. Yeah. And just, um, that, like, yeah, that, that, um, they're just 16 points off. The squad's, yeah, like, the squad would not attract, you know, Salah and yeah. De Bruyne or any, you know, those kind of, yeah, it's crazy. Barcelona have certainly they've certainly lost their pool I think I think right now we should discuss how you feel the club can get back honestly what do you feel Barcelona mm. can do I don't know if you believe Chavez is the man but just 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 run me through your top processes right now like if you were if you were Laporta the president of the club yeah, yeah. like what what do I you think, think if I was a Laporta and again like I, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm like a complete expert but I think that the, you've got to start with the money like they're they're in I think they're in like a net, you know, debt of nearly a billion. They owe like 150 million in transfer fees for people still like Dembele and Coutinho and like Vidal, who's already like been and gone. Like they owe so much money. And those, some of those um, loans are short term. So like they need to pay them back. So I think the first thing is to get access to like, you know, negotiate those loans or get money. Um, and try and get the finances that like away from just like the complete disaster um, of spending so much on players that aren't performing at the right level. Um, but kind of moving closer towards football, I think. I mean, they're in a they're in a bad place, and they probably will be for a little while. And I think it's unfortunate that it's kind of in you know it was so good. So for the best yeah. part of ten years, yeah, so that good. like it's gonna gonna be to that. They're trying to just like look forward, and there are there are some really exciting players, like like some of those young, you know, Fatty, yeah. Pedri. They they are exciting. Dijon is exciting, and you know, I know it's a bit romantic with Xavi, but that's also exciting. And I think just with, I think you've just got to be optimistic and give time and. Just pray, <laughs> but like, um, I, yeah. I mean, I, time I'm, yeah. I don't know. I think you, the first thing is to work out the money, and the second yeah. thing is to give Shabby time and 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 kind of make sure they're in the top four by the end of the year, which is depressing. <laughs> okay, when I mean, it's not even a guarantee they'll yeah. go well in Europa League as well. That, that's the other thing. Like, I, it's absolutely no guarantee they'll go really well there. That's that's madness, honestly. Eh? No one could have thought about this. Now, when last were you in Barcelona? Uh, I was there 
two weeks ago, but I was there six weeks ago and I watched. Uh, I watched them. Okay, I just so want, I've I, seen one game this year. Yeah, I just wanted to take me through the mood generally um, around the city as regards the football club and how the people are feeling. I think it was always all about Messi. I think um, there's a lot, you know, Iniesta leaving, Xavi leaving, the Matt Lamassier and Pep and blah blah blah. I think it was always about Leo. Yeah. Because he was at the core of the success for so long and also more importantly the goals he was scoring were like goals no one had ever seen and like the state you know like I was lucky to see him score you know hat tricks and just see him like for a whole season just like even if he doesn't get a goal or an assist yeah. he'll do something that the stadium react to almost every game and I think it's yeah I think the 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 mood is is not what it was it, it doesn't feel strong it doesn't feel great and i think it it was about leo i think i think you know they knew they had something that if leo messi had decided to go to arsenal arsenal would have won four champions leagues or if leo had gone to madrid they would have won 10 <laughs> like i don't, i think you know and i think barcelona know that like this is this is an they got luck you know so, you know you say it was good they did made the right decision but um, I think the mood is, is a lot worse since he's gone. And actually, even now, there are messy shirts everywhere. There's messy memorabilia everywhere. Like it's still, it's still, he's still such a huge part of that. But having said that, I went to the game like Fatty's first game back yeah. after eight months after injury, scored. and he scored an amazing goal. Yeah. And and this club was excited again. There was an, but it was temporary. <laughs> It was, but the club was excited the ground was excited and the city was generally like there was a buzz and I think with Xavi returning there's it's a bit like that again it's a bit like you know it's a bit like remaking a Star Wars film it's like oh fuck yeah this is yeah. so exciting it's a bit like using nostalgia to kind of create excitement as opposed to just making something exciting new but like there's a little bit of excitement with Xavi and Fatty and, and you know what could happen but yeah, the, the vibe and talking about the team and just knowing that not only were they competing for the Champions League every year for the best part of 10 years, yeah. they were feared and they the had Verge. Messi. Yeah. And now they just don't have those things. Yeah, absolutely no fear factor. I feel like if 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 uh, Brentford or even Leicester... I play yeah. Barcelona. They have nothing to be scared. I'm sure. I'm sure Jamie Vardy and yeah. Harvey Barnes. They'll be relishing battling um, Piqué and Clement Longley. Uh, yeah, <laughs> factually, you know. So yeah, it's... and I think the um, Barcelona fans, like the Camp Nou, has been spoiled with the with beautiful football, winning, and like the Camp Nou doesn't even like like a lot of the fans don't go and watch until you know the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Yeah. They just don't bother. Because like I remember when I was living there, living there, I was getting like quarterfinal tickets to Champions League for like twenty quid. Because wow. like just no one was like, oh, I'll go to semi. <laughs> you know, it was like so taken for granted yeah. how well they would do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then as a as a so yeah, like that kind of you know like obviously if they're playing Atletico or Madrid or it is a semi final quarter final, it is it's an intense atmosphere in the Camp Nou. But it's not what it it's not what it was. And it's not scary. It's a lot of tourists. I mean, once I, I've been to Camp Nou a, a lot, but I remember going once and this American guy was sat in front of me and he goes, oh, 
Boston ended up 10 is pretty good. And I was like, Barcelona is not a 10. No idea. I was like, like that just kind of summed it up. Like there are people in there that just don't know what's going on. No, I can't believe what I just heard, man. <laughs> yeah, no joke. And I was just like, what? Like, where am I? This isn't, um, I mean, it is a tourist destination. It is entertaining, but it's kind of like, this is a, like, this isn't a fan. This guy's just here on his holiday. <laughs> okay, but like, that's the thing. Even if I'm not a fan, I mean, let's say I don't know, for example, I don't know. For example, I don't follow the NFL, but I'm going to watch uh, yeah. LA. I know Odell Beckham Jr. At least, like, you can't tell me yeah, yeah. you're coming to watch football and you don't know who Leo Messi is. You don't know Messi. You should yeah. have reported him to security. So they put him yeah, to get, he needs to get out and then go straight to the doctors. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, man. Yeah, well, um, yeah, and um, I think uh, we've uh, we've used up more time than we have. Thank you very much. It was fantastic yeah, yeah. chatting with you. Um, to be honest, I don't wish Barcelona success. I don't particularly love <laughs> Barcelona. Yeah, I don't dislike them as well. But I don't. Yeah, I don't really care about them. I think I'm more of a Madrid guy. If yeah. at all I'm to support any team in Spain, I don't know why. But yeah, more inclined towards there. But it was class having. Yeah, you. yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Good to catch up, man. Really yeah. good to speak to you. Yeah, hopefully the next time you speak, Barca won't even be able to qualify for the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, I'd, it's a very unclear path they're on at the moment. So who knows where they're going? All right, have a lovely day. Bye. Cheers, man. Yeah, speak cheers. to you later. Bye bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 